hundred years. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta move on. This is Mike Young. Stories that need to be told were mid-sentence. With my good friend of more than 20 years, Doug Ellen, creator of the hit show Entourage. Started out in comedy when I met him. We got stock tip Dave in the house. Doug walked in, and we just pick up where we left off. I mean... Yeah, but we met we met at basketball, so hopefully we're going to talk about some of my underrated skills as well. <laughs> nobody knows this probably. It never came up in the show. It was never written into the show, but Doug Ellen had phenomenal hands, semi-slow feet, but a very high IQ, high IQ. in men's league basketball. Like a little Chris Paul-esque. Like, a, like, <laughs> like if Chris Paul was 61 years old. And slow and Jewish. Slow Jewish. <laughs> you know what I mean? With knees that were about to break, Doug Allen had I mean, that Can game. we just talk about at all? Can we go anywhere? I mean, that Chris Paul last anyway. night was one of... That's the best thing I've seen. It's one of the most amazing things and one of the most tragic things I've ever seen. But they ended up winning the game. But if he can't play... He's out, game and, six. He's out. <sighs> He's out. I love Chris Paul, and there's no one in the NBA who deserves to win it more than him. I mean, he he is taking this team on his back. Harden did nothing. Is he yeah, officially out for Game Six? He's ruled out for Game Six, and they said that he saved the Rockets. Like said he saved the Rockets because James Harden was like five of twenty-one with like eleven turnovers. He just wasn't there. Really bad. I couldn't even. I, I didn't even watch the game because I was too worried about my vertigo kicking back. In. <laughs> I was, yeah. Now Mike Young, who I know for twenty five years, has had ailments and illnesses, and he's like a tough Jewish kid, but he's always hurt. He's always sick. Um, yeah. You know what? It might, it's funny because it Mike. Mike always likes to say that we look alike, but he says he's me with with broader shoulders, and Strong I say shoulders. I say you're me with 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 hypochondria on a level that's like I I'm a hypochondriac, but you're like a whole other thing. I've been to three doctors; <laughs> they've all said the same thing. And uh, on the way here, I called another doctor. What did they say? They said I have positional vertigo. <laughs> It'll go away. What is on positional its own. vertigo? Is it depending on what the position you're in? Position you of your head when you're right. laying down in. In the so morning. can you put it in the right spot? Can you just can you, you sleep standing up like a horse, or what can you do? <laughs> I'm practicing horse sleeping, but you no, you have to you got to sleep on an angle, upright angle. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the, the blood's flowing properly. Whatever, man. I flipped right. out of bed. I got vertigo. I talked to every doctor. It bothers me. You know me for tw over 20 years. You know I don't like to feel off kilter. I understand. You know I'm a hypochondriac. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? I've yeah. seen too much. Yeah. I've been through too much. They've heard on this podcast, even before, back in the day when I had my crazy story go down, when I got beat up, Doug Ellen was my first phone call. Right. That's how good a friend's we yeah. were and you know we yeah. are and no matter what but yeah. like when i was in the hospital and i got there the first text went to doug and it was like they got me i thought he was kidding too yeah yeah that was crazy but you know you got to understand with mike young mike young we you know we played basketball and i kind of think like he's not that much bigger than me but mike young would like dominate on the boards and you know, all of a sudden you're like this guy is so strong and so athletic and then i would we drive to lunch and he'd get hurt in the car like something <laughs> some weird shit would happen that you're like what happened and he's like i don't know i don't know i pulled something i did this I yeah did that i pulled my neck turned the radio <laughs> hey, did you do something like that? you did stand up last week and you're like i turned to the right and i was no i did stand up and i as i'm doing stand up 
I stepped on the cord and I pulled up and my, le- and my left lat got locked in. This is exactly Mike Young. Nothing has changed. You know what I mean? I'm tough years. as nails, but I'm soft on the inside. I don't know what's going on. Mike and I used to play in that basketball game. That's where we met. And do you remember the time when you I know, remember when we, I remember the day we met. Do you, I would love to hear about that, yeah. But what were you what I was talking about, about remember when they stole my car? <laughs> You know, when yeah. you play basketball in a park, yeah. you throw your keys on the side, you yeah. don't think about it. And like these four girls, yeah. not only stole my car, but then they took my phone and then they taunted me. They would call yeah. me up with the phone and be like, we got your car, we got your yeah. car. And I'm like, I called the cops. And I'm like, they're calling me. And they're like, they're taunting you? I'm like, they're taunting me. They're like, well, we can't really do anything about the extra charge of taunting, but we got my car back. Do you remember that? And it was I do like remember. It was loaded with pot and... Uh, <laughs> They and uh, Jamiroquai CDs, I think. It was very... <laughs> there you go. They were joyriding. Yo, we played in that game. And that was a Honda Accord they were joyriding in, by the way. That's by the way, you inspire. I, I drove Hondas for the next 12 years straight. It's the best car on the market to this day ever. Well, you had that joke about the Honda Accord. Yeah, the personality joke. I got six jokes in a Honda Accord. I'm sleeping with everybody. Who needs to spend money? You know, I like that. You know, it's funny because I'm driving a Chevy Volt, and I just met this, <laughs> I, I just met this great, successful uh, woman. And I've never been embarrassed of my car because I feel good. I Obviously, if I want, I could buy something else. I, I want the car. I want yeah. the Chevy Volt, and I like it. But we're outside the Palm, and she's getting out. And she's just very classy and, you know, definitely definitely hasn't been in a vault in some time. So, um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we get outside, and uh, she's like, all right, I'm going to call an Uber. Where'd you park? And my car, the, the, the valley's already closed, so my car is just sitting there. You know, it's also got, like, a dent in it that I just never – I'm like – that's my car right there. <laughs> she's like, she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, the vault is mine. Actually, you know what? Cancel your Uber. I'm going to drive you in the vault. I'm going to give you some shock therapy right now and put you in the vault. So yeah, take her down a couple notches. She likes the vault now. I kissed her in the vault, and I think it was it was nice. We got a little charge. So, did you have a little, yeah. a vault, a little charge I in did. the vault? I did have a charge in the vault. She's a, she's a good girl. Good girl. <laughs> Yo, it's so funny, Doug. You're, you're new to the game. Yeah. I've been in the game a long time. Yeah. You know that about me. Yeah. I've been, and I've kissed yeah. many girls in cars. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I mean, within a year, I don't like, the, we don't need to talk too much about it, but I've, I've done things in cars that you do usually in a hotel. You know what I mean? Like, but you are so new to the, and you're, you're listen, you're newly single. You've, I'm, I'm newly single. I'm, uh, yeah, you've, yeah. You've watched me go through it for years. You yeah. know what I mean, I'm like a war veteran when yeah. it comes to that single shit. Yeah. I don't like to see you because you're. When you I'm go, not when new, you go I go in. Yeah, well, you I go, go in. in. I go in. You know what? I'm a commitment guy, and if I like someone, I, I I go all the way. Which you know, which is why I was I was married twice. Which. Um, you know, it's a bad thing. It's a bad institution. It's 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 created to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but why, Doug? Do you think that you have to go all in right away? Why can't you just keep it on the surface for a minute, enjoy yourself, treat yourself? I don't like being with women if I'm not emotionally connected to them. It doesn't interest me, you know. You can still so. like them and not have to go all in and start an order. Well, I don't have order to marry a trip them. To I don't have to marry them. No, well that that's. <laughs> That's not my issue. The truth is, you know, I've had long-term relationships that, are, and and they've usually been they've usually been pretty good. Even my, you know, my first marriage was fifteen years, so you can't really complain yeah. about that. And um, and you know, I haven't really misjudged them. And and when I meet someone that I like, I would rather not try to top it. So. That's me. You know what? Maybe that is the smart move because yeah. I keep it so surface. It's just like let's see what's going on. This let's just have fun yeah. this week. 
I got an intimacy problem. And you've known me through all my, you've known yeah. me for, through two five-year relationships. Yeah, but that's why I say you used to be a lot more similar to me. You used to go in deep and then somehow you turned it off, which I tried, by the way. I actually tried the Mike Young method with this, with this, last, <laughs> with this last woman. I was just like, you know what? I'm not really going to, I'm not going to really talk. I'm not going to really, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to be all, you know what I think it is? I had an ex-girlfriend who told me like, women love me because of my personality they don't see me and say like let's just go have sex somewhere and never speak again i don't get that like no. that's not the thing they're like they meet me they want to like they want to chat they want to cuddle they want to do all that so um but i don't know i feel good i met someone who's really uh who's great so why why what else do you have to do you know? you're 100 percent right i'll meet someone that could be great and then i'll go meet someone else that could be great at yeah. the comedy store because i don't know once i meet someone great i usually hate everybody else and i'm like no they're awful so but i don't know <laughs> i'm gonna try the doug this this should be our show i'm gonna try the doug method yeah and you should just give yourself a moment of relax of and do the mic method you know I, what I mean? Because well, you've been on the Doug method so long, it's costing you money. Yeah. You're flying all over the place. Yeah. You're, you're jumping into shit quick. Sometimes. Well, the only thing that's costing me money is the marriage thing. I got to stop that. That's just a silly. That's a silly thing. You know, marriage. You're a vault. You know, marriage was created like when the the male lifespan was 35, I think. So if you got married <laughs> at 30 and you were married two years, you had a long term marriage. You were like a real success story. Now it's like 50 years. No, that doesn't work. You're 100 percent right. Marriage is an old institution. Yeah. I've, you know, I've been an out of the box thinker anyway. Like Doug's telling me about a situation that he has. I'm thinking in my mind, this girl sounds amazing. I'll go have a baby with the girl. Mm. Doug, you could, you marry her. We all raise the kids. She's a great. You know what? She's a great. She, that, actually, that she would be a great girl for you. She would be a great girl for you. Well, we'll talk. I just saw yeah, the we'll picture. We'll talk about that. Unbelievable. After. Yeah. Well, she's, you got the single mic persona, so you can give all the lessons now. Yeah, believe me, Doug's been involved in single mic since since I ever said my name was single mic. <laughs> for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. We had many machinations of the single mic. Yep. Yo, Doug, I remember. So when we played in that game, do you remember? So. Mike Weiss played, Andy Weiss played, mm-hmm. Rob Weiss would come once in a while and play. Rob Weiss Rob played? Rob Weiss played a couple games in our outdoor game, hmm. you know? I picture Rob there, like, sketching artwork and he stuff. Was, he was coming with full hair gel. He didn't have a ton of coordination as a basketball player. Mike Weiss was very strong, but I remember Andy I was— Andy was strong, too. And he could play, for yeah, sure. He had yeah. a good little moves, but yeah. I just remember, like, I was new to the group. Mm-hmm. I was kind of new to your group. That whole group, the New York, you know, Cliff, the whole group. But I remember I was coming out of, you know, from Detroit, whatever, and I kind of had an attitude, a little bit of a street <laughs> edge maybe back then. But I remember Mike Weiss grabbing a rebound really hard and then spinning around, and then I ripped it from him. <laughs> and I remember there was like this moment of like a face-off with Mike Weiss. Right. And then I just remember you going, dude, yo, be careful, bro. Young's tough. Like, I, you know what I mean? And Weiss is tough. And like, I remember just like kind of almost getting yeah. into it with Mike. Yeah. who's you know, we're friends now. Well, I mean, we're all like, we're all the same. We're, we're all, you know. Competitive. Jew, but we're all Jews from like, kind of street neighborhoods where you know yeah. we had gangsters living next to dentists and things like <laughs> totally. that you know and it's like um we all have that that kind of thing so now i'm a little skinnier so i just kind of like let my tough so, friends always handle the business but you know was kevin part of those games throwing elbows or what no connelly was not playing in those not in i, I those didn't even games. know ken i didn't know kevin back then i didn't know kevin till uh till mike yeah, yeah. i introduced you to, yeah, I yeah introduced mike you to introduced connelly. me to kevin i couldn't ke- i couldn't get kevin for the show everyone kept telling me there's this guy kevin connelly he's exactly what you wrote because i couldn't find anybody to cast for this, you know, and 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 the part was written for a uh, a Jack Russell Terrier, a like little guy will fight, and the the guy that I found that I liked was Dash Mihawk, 
who's, I brought him in. Who's 6'2", you know, uh, whatever, like big guy. And everyone's like, I don't understand. I thought E's supposed to be this little guy. It's weird because, and I love Dash. He's amazing. But like, I don't know what Ari would have been making fun of him the, the whole eight years about where Kevin, it was the, the short jokes. But, you know, and I know Kevin will be pissed if he hears this. I know you're not really short. I know you're taller than everyone Scrappy, in the cast. You can and fight. You'll put and somebody an in animal. a headlock. And, and Kevin will, by the way. Kevin will fight anybody. And I've been there. He doesn't care if they're 6'8", 260. But, but uh, Mike kept telling me Kevin is the guy. And they told me Kevin doesn't, doesn't act anymore. He was retired. I was like, whatever. But anyway, I'm, the, the second I met Kevin, I'm like, this is the guy. It's not even a question. Yeah, you know, it was so funny because I, rem- I literally remember. I was rolling with Connolly and the whole crew. And you... You had written the part, and you're like, I got to meet Connolly. And so I went to Connolly. I was like, yo, you just have to meet my friend, Doug Allen. He's got this part for you. They don't know what it's going to be. They think it's going to be something. It's a great idea for a show. Listen, bro, I don't, I don't read. I don't act anymore. I'm going straight into directing. You tell your friend if he wants to meet me, we can maybe have lunch. We had sushi. <laughs> yeah. For sushi. So literally, I'm like, I got to beg Connolly to go meet you. And it was a no-brainer after you met Connolly. Yeah. He was the He was dude. the guy. He was the guy uh, from second one. So the whole cat. By the way, I always hold on one sec, Dave. The whole, I always say this. Do you remember, and this is a true moment because no one believes me, but there was a moment where I read yeah, for Vince. Of course. And I sat you in front read for of... Eric, you read for E also. I read for both of them. Yeah. But I'll never forget sitting in a room with you and the guy, Stephen, I forgot his name, Tompkins or something yeah, like yeah. that. Some, yes. Me, it was the three of us in a room along with Larry Charles. Mm-hmm. And we're in a room and Doug just goes, let Mike read for it. And I, at the time, was like under this deal, doing a thing with Toby yeah. and whatever, whatever. And I just like picked up the script and I like had already read it a thousand times because yeah. we were rolling every day. And I read the part of, of Vince, <laughs> and I swear to God, Steve, the guy Steven and Doug both go, I'll just give it to Mike. <laughs> like that. Just let Mike play. And I swear to God also, Larry Charles walks out of the room and he goes, I'm good with that. <laughs> and it was like, you don't know at the moment wow. what that's going to be. So I don't even remember that. I remember. I remember. I want you to read for E, and you're like, I, I really, I got to talk to my agent. That's what I remember. I remember you, you got to talk to your agent. I'm like, didn't I get you your agent? Isn't he? Yeah. My, my he agent, was your agent. Yeah, my agent, which is so crazy. Mine and Mike's agent was, that's who, the, that, I wrote the character based on him for Jeremy Piven, because I hadn't met Ari yet, but it was for Jeremy playing Jeff Jacobs. And then uh, I met Ari, and I was like, holy shit, this is the real character. And Jeremy was amazingly able to play both, you know, if, if he had to. So, you know, after that moment, so you, when you're in that moment, you don't know what it is, what it's going to be. So I, I'm like, I have to call my agent because I think this is like a business thing. So I call my agent. I call Jeff Jacobs. And I'm like, man, there's this the entourage that Doug is doing. They said I could play like this part of Vince. What do you think? He's like, absolutely not. He goes, absolutely not. You're in a deal with Tobey Maguire right now at a development deal at ABC. You're not allowed to do anything. So just tell Doug no thank you or whatever. So <laughs> that like, hey, show's never going anywhere anyway. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry. There's, there's a show. Yeah, Entourage isn't going to do anything. Literally, I said no to the part of Vince on Entourage. You know what I mean? I'd be living in a mansion right now. You know what I mean? Having the exact same problems as Doug. Probably, or, or you'd be me. You'd be divorced and your ex-wife would be living in a mansion right now. Right. I'd be in a Chevy yeah, Volt having yeah, sex Exactly. Yeah. No sex. No so, sex. I didn't. How many people did you have to go through when you were casting for the show? Like, did you Obviously, you said you wrote for, for Jeremy. You knew about Kevin. I wrote, the part, I wrote the part for Jeremy. 
The rest of them um, was impossible. I mean, uh, we saw hundreds and hundreds of people. The truth is Steve Levinson found Jerry and found Adrian and thought they were right for it, but Jerry was 15 years younger than Kevin Dillon, and they were supposed to go to high school together. So (laughs) it didn't make any sense. It's weird. No one's ever brought it up ever, but it didn't make any sense. And we were looking for a Wahlberg type. We were trying to cast, and Adrian is is not a Mark type, you know, which um, so we were looking and looking and looking and looking and looking, but we finally came to them. But, I mean, you know, some of the, the quick things were, obviously, I wrote it for Jeremy. We had to convince him to do it. Dylan walked in, and it was like, you know, Boom. so weird because I, 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 I was with Kevin Dillon's ex-girlfriend the night before his audition. And she's like, you know, my, my ex-boyfriend's coming in to audition for you. I'm like, Matt Dillon's brother. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Kevin walked in. He said one line, and I was like, this guy's going to win Emmys for this. I, I knew it. He, it was, he was the funniest person I've ever seen in my entire life, like legitimately. But uh, we cast for six months, and it was really, really hard. And, you know, I was – since it was my only show, I had no power. So it was like I didn't even have control except for to say this is who I want. So they kept bringing new people in and this. And we were, you know, we were looking at at black actors, Asian actors, because people telling me at that time it was just starting to be the diversity thing. And, again, it's not what it was about. The show was kind of a a look at – sort of how I grew up, a little bit about Mark. And, and I said, listen, that, it wasn't that diverse then. It wasn't in Queens. That's not how it was. So I, while I would like to make this show as diverse as possible, it's not really realistic to make it the kind of thing that we want. So, but we saw everybody in this town, and uh, it's amazing. It's amazing to think about some of the actors that auditioned for any parts that have become big, big stars now, but they were still weren't right for those particular parts. Was there any close calls that you like almost casted, and then you just went with the other guy, with, that, with the ones that everybody else knows now? Um, well, I wanted to cast Dominic Lombardozzi at first for Turtle. I mean, and again, it was a – and Dom, who I, I wrote a part for after, who was on the show, who's like one of my favorite humans and actors, actors in the world. But the original script I wrote, which definitely was wrong – um, was a much tougher group of guys. It was more of like what we're talking about, these street guys who yeah. fight and do this. And it was Scrappy. like... It was almost like Sopranos in Hollywood. And HBO was like, what the fuck is this? And the truth is they were, <laughs> they were right. So we needed a little younger, softer, cuter, you know, whatever. Um, and Dom, which is amazing, because Dom is like, one of the most lovable, likable guys. But even when he came on as that Dom character, which I thought was the funniest thing in the world, and people loved the episode, but they were scared shitless of him. They were like, who is this killer that's coming <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the show? Like, you know, and Jerry just is like, you know, you want to give Jerry a hug and, and take care of him, you know? So um, I've, held, I've held pads for Dom. He is a, a heavyweight beast. beast. He's a beast. And, you know, and Dom has worked nonstop since because he's so good and he's so real. But it's amazing because even if you remember the episode with Dom where I, I wrote this character for him. Yeah, he gets out of jail. <laughs> My mother called me up and she's like, I, I don't I don't I don't get this. What is this? And this was really based on friends of mine coming like who would come to town. Yeah. And I was like, Ma, you don't know what you're talking about. And then there was this backlash, which was when I really realized people loved the show because Dom was so mean to the guys and they didn't take it as funny. They took it as like, who the fuck is this guy? And his name was Dom. I named the character Dom. So all of a sudden Dom's gotta walk around New York City and people are like, fuck you, Dom, we hate you. <laughs> Leave drama alone. Don't take his cooking 
walking away from him. It's all he's got, you know. But uh, it was uh, it, it was great. But Dom was was the was the guy that I absolutely wanted. And and then when we met Jerry, it was just it was just a different younger thing. And then putting Dylan and Jerry together um, was always a concern you know when jerry came in for the testing i was like we got to age you up somehow because jerry looked like he was 15 totally. you know um but it worked so it, it, it all turned out lightning in a bottle yeah. i remember i remember when i knew like things were starting to create happen crazy for everybody well first of all doug treated me doug gave me an office there took me on all the trips <laughs> i was on private planes going to vegas for golf episodes you know what i mean like you really it was a blast but i remember going we were at like a basketball game or something me and jerry had to go to the bathroom we went to the bathroom <laughs> and jerry's like going to the bathroom and i'm four stalls down and i just hear like two dudes roll in and they're like turtle <laughs> turtle and it was like the first it was like just gearing up yeah, well vegas was really where I didn't even know if anybody watched the show. And the truth is, the ratings came out. When we were in Vegas, they came out for the whatever the first episode was. The ratings were not good. This is right when TiVo starts. And I don't think right. people realize, all of a sudden, people are watching TV very differently. And they're not doing Live Plus 7. They're not doing this. Yes. They're just going, Sex in the City had this many people. And Entourage has this. And I'm sitting in a Vegas hotel room. And I'm like, I'm legitimately ready to jump out the window. I'm like, this show's over. This is season two. Done, done, done. And we're filming at the Hard Rock at the pool. Yep. Now, now, this is a show about a movie star named Vincent Chase, but we walk out to the pool and a, a, 250 meatheads start screaming, turtle, turtle. And I'm like, I'm like, first of all, we can't have in the background them yelling turtle because he's not famous. <laughs> Vince right, is the right, famous right. one. But I'm like, holy shit, something's going on here. And I spoke to I spoke to Chris, the president of the HBO that day, who I honestly thought was going to cancel the show because the first week ratings came out. And he's like, are you kidding? We are all good. Don't worry about the ratings. Da, 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 da. So... Anyway, what I you know I got what I was so impressed with you at the time was Doug. I remember you fighting for like certain things, right? Like HBO would call you and you'd be on the speakerphone in the office, and they would be like, "What about this and this?" And you need to do this. And I remember Doug would just you would just stick to your guns, and like I remember thinking like, "You're kind of new to be like, kind of be like yelling at like an executive and then hanging up." Yeah. Like I remember you would have some creative battles. Yeah. And I fought, hold your own. You know, I, you fought. I fought. I fought the fights, and uh, now I'm exhausted from it. So now I just, I just play pickleball and relax. I still can't <laughs> believe I'm not Vincent Chase. Where am I? <laughs> so, You're here. Yeah. I don't get what's going on here. Is this <laughs> no. your place? Like what? Is <laughs> no, no, no. This, well, this is all things comedy network. This is uh -huh. a network. They so do you, podcasts. Bill so you Burr. can come out and take out the space and do it. Exactly. So my net, my podcast is on the All Things Comedy Network. So Bill Burr and Al Magical and a couple other guys they own this thing called this is All great. Things Comedy. This is awesome. Yeah, it's high yeah. tech. It's cool. Yeah. They're, they're, it's a little cool comedy movement. Very cool. But when I met Doug, he was doing stand-up comedy. Doug was doing comedy. And I saw his – he had a VHS tape that I watched. Yeah, VHS. And he was – and you were funny. I love there how he was, says that. I love how he says, uh, you, you were kind of funny. No, no, You're all right. No, no, I was no, kind no. of funny. I had a great jump shot, and I was very <laughs> fucking funny. No, I was no. just – I never – you know, at comedy, I, I was actually, to be totally honest, that was my natural calling in life. That's what I should have done. But I was so nervous, and I never broke through to that place where – you don't give a shit what's happening with the audience. I was, I was, I fed off the audience. When they started laughing, I was like golden. If I got like a little crickets, I don't know. If, did I ever tell you that when I went to New York? Like, <laughs> yeah. I actually felt calm. I never bombed ever, never bombed. And I go to New York and I take out, uh, I think Caroline's or something. Like, I'm like, I'm gonna, br I'm gonna fill your place. Yeah. And I'm like feeling confident. And I'm like, you know, I'm pretty popular in Long Island. I get. <laughs> 
500, 600 people to come to this thing on like a Wednesday night. It's basically an amateur night. And it's like Doug Allen on the marquee. I'm 22 years old. There's all these real comedians. Every single comedian would come up and go, who the fuck is this Doug Ellen? Why is this place filled? Why is what's happening here? I got my parents there. I've got their friends there. And I have no nerves. But I did the cardinal sin. I came out with a new joke. So everyone was was waiting for like an hour for me to come out and whatever. And I, I swear to you, I mean this sincerely. I never really bombed. I come out. I give this new joke. It is fucking silence. Like I see my mom. I see all her. Like I put this. I put him through college. I did this. I did that. And I go. I swear to God. I go. I go. Thank you for coming. Good night. And I walk off the stage. I swear to God. I said one joke. Nobody laughed. I walked off the stage. They all came in from Long Island. They're all in the city. There was like the murmur and the, the crowd. And then the next comedian comes out and just abuses me for forty minutes. My my. Freaking father's best friend called me up the next day, told me I'm killing my mother, like, and I have to stop this, go to law school. Like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, no, you don't understand. I, I, I'm pretty good at this thing. I do this, but was that, that the, was, was that your last time, or did you give it a couple more shots? Uh, no, no, I did. I did it after that for a while, you know, and then uh, I, I used I, I, I used it to raise money for my first short film. I was I was working at New Line Cinema, and. Um, I actually got fired from New Line Center. That's a whole different story. But I was still friends with some people there. So I, I, I sent out pamphlets to come to raise money for the short film I was doing. And, and Mike DeLuca, who was VP of, of New Line at the time, gave me a check for $10,000 to do this short film I did. So, Yo, stand-up comedy, when you get crickets on a joke, just to let you know, it never gets easy. Like, I'm 20 years into stand-up. It doesn't get easy. What, 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 what I think you didn't love because it's just not your thing, is the life. I didn't like the life. That's not your life. You know, You're no. a good, you like, you, you And don't. I don't like comedians, by the way. I hate comedians, you know? Like, they're always on. I'm not always on. I'm like, they're always Never. on. They're right. always doing bits. And I was drinking also, you know, Mark Lana, who I think, you know, he was, he thought I, he thought I was going to be very good at this, but he would tell me you can't drink because I was drinking every time I would go up there because I was so freaking nervous. I can but, see that. Because yeah. I would be the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a be, panic. I mean, you said you went up there and you performed in front of four people, and like, I've you, done everything in comedy at this point. I've been in front of four people, four thousand people. Yeah, no, I mean, you got to break through to that place where you do your act. I mean, I've actually there was some I don't know if it was Seinfeld or Billy Crystal. I remember there was some documentary and they were showing him doing the same exact jokes with the same exact delivery in two different crowds, and one crowd going nuts and one crowd just dead so you never know what's what it's gonna be no, you know, stand-up is it's i think it's the craziest of all the art forms you know what i mean yeah. you're up there microphone there is no music to fall back on you can't miss a lyric you got the lights you know beaming I mean? on you yeah it's just not it's just it's yeah. next level craziness yeah, but it is the high it also is you know the, it's the greatest you know, high. The, for me like the the you know, you 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 sit there for two hours like a moron, which is miserable. Then you get up there and you get this <laughs> this five to twenty five, whatever it is, minute high, and then you get off the stage and you're just like, "What is my life now?" Like, it is, you know, man. it's a weird, it's a weird thing. You know, it, do you think there's anything to like? I remember before, so right when you heard that you got Entourage, you and I were in your Honda Accord mm-hmm. and you were talking about going back. You were talking about giving up. I swear to God. <laughs> you were talking about going to work for your brother with like a new uh, company thing in New York. Yeah. You're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Da, da, da. Yeah. And bam, yeah. you get Entourage. Yeah. And like, I wonder if there's some weird cosmic universal thing that happens when you're about to end it because I literally, <laughs> you know, no one, no one, no one, <laughs> I don't know because before, you know, Doug is the reason that I got my man as a loser. 
you you know that i mean we, you know that so i there was a moment where i there was like eleven thousand maybe left to my life yeah. and i was like my brother's doing great he's yeah. killing it my cousin owns a billion dollar construction situation maybe i just did my thing and i transition out of here and i just i get out of here and it was like two days later i get a call from doug and he goes listen I don't have time for this, but these guys call me from New York from Long Island. They're really wealthy guys. They want someone to write a movie for them. Will you just have lunch with the guy? And next thing I know, I'm at Factors, <laughs> I'm at Factors Deli, I swear to God, with David Golden, yeah. wealthy New York businessman, and he's got a partner in New York, and he's just sitting in front of me in a pink shirt, and he's like, ah, and he's a, super, a hyper fan of Entourage, and he's like, listen... I don't know. We want to make a movie. What do you think? Here's the idea. He has really no idea at the time. But he goes, listen, I could tell a stripper anything, but I can't tell my wife anything. You think we got something? So he starts complaining about his wife and their relationships and all this shit. And I I just relaxed. And I said, and I could tell these guys were loaded because you told me. And I just believe it anyway. And so... I was like, yo, bro, I'll be, I'm going to get back with you in like a week. Let me think about your idea. And that's when I literally came back with... How because I put myself in the mix and I was like, how about your single friend helps the two married guys get through, you know, get better at marriage? Right. And Doug fucking put me together with these guys, and from day one, money was being wired into my account at a hyper rate. I mean, if you understand that independent filmmaking, like you can go make a movie, like I did, by the way, I did a movie called Fat Beach that is I was there, I was an ex played for eighteen years. It's made somebody a lot of money. I was paid $7,500, okay? $7,500. So I'm like, Mike, these guys will probably give you 10 grand, whatever, da 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 All of a sudden, they're giving Mike, he's calling me every day. He's like, I asked for per diem. They, they, they're handing me cash. Like, this, that, the other thing, I'm like. I mean, there was like, it was like 3000 every Monday was getting wired in, and it didn't stop. On top of a writer's fee that they, by the way, I used Doug because I felt like if they embarrassed Doug, like they didn't want to make they didn't want to embarrass themselves in front of Doug. So I just kept dropping Doug's name. Oh, so awesome. like they offered me my first deal for the writing. And I was like, listen, guys, I'm in the writer's guild. You know, Doug, Doug's I'm in, in the, the writer's I'm guild. I'm like, listen, Doug's in the writer's guild too. You know, the way we, the way we do things is. I would say this guild, they're fucking gangsters, all right? So, okay, you know what I mean? You don't want to offend the guild. So you're going to have to pay me a certain amount. So then they offer, their first offer was like the minimum guild. Yeah. I said, I got to be honest, guys. And you could ask Doug if you want. <laughs> but, you know, you offered me the minimum minimum and I, I think we're getting along great and i super appreciate the opportunity but you should come up on the offer and they literally went from like the forty two thousand dollar like minimum to like 75 grand. <laughs> that's amazing and doug came to me one day he's like i know i just made you three hundred thousand dollars what the fuck let's go and i don't i don't know how, how much it was or what it was right. but after you introduced me to those guys I fell into this independent world of people that have money that need to tell their story right. and don't know how to do it. That's great. And so I, I thank you for that. You're welcome. So, you know You're welcome. I mean? I'm glad you delivered. They were happy. You were happy. It was great. Everybody's been happy yeah. so far. You know what I mean? So. Nobody, who, no one's making money except for me. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. the writer right. and the director. But they get they, to go to premieres. They get to walk around and tell people they're producers. They love that. So. And it's funny because you can't believe that there's people willing to pay for that. Yeah. But there is a huge... A huge Huge market for that. Giant yeah. market for rich people that can't buy access. And by the way, that was like a theme of Entourage. Like you couldn't, of, of just the making and the whole thing of it. Like you can't buy cool. Yeah, no. Because you you've had every big money person co- who loved the show tr- coming at you, wanting to be, you know what yeah. I mean? And they just wanted to be close yeah. to the flames. Yeah. So was yeah. that show based on like your life or where did you get the idea? Out of it started with uh, 
Mark Wahlberg, Steve Levinson, and Mark brought it to me. And um, I said, I mean, obviously, it's I'm not a movie star. So I said, I got to make it kind of how I know it. So we kind of took, I took elements of Mark's friends, but it was really stories that happened to me that I would interpret how they happened to Mark and then kind of put them in. But so it was a mishmash of stuff, but I made it in New York because I don't know Boston and I just took so many of elements of, of the relationships that I grew up in and things like that. So I remember you always, Doug always had like a friend, Doug always had like a legend friend that he grew up with. I remember you were, every time I would like, because I, I taught Doug, I got him in shape for, I taught you boxing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You and your wife at the time, I was, I was training boxing. I had no job. I was just doing stand-up. But by the way, boxing was $60 an hour, cash. It was great. But every time, Doug would be like, oh, I had this guy growing up, Hunter, and he was the... Uh, I had it. I had it. <laughs> no, but Doug always had like seven different people well, I had that crazy he grew guys. up with. I mean, I, I mean, I grew up, you know, my, you know, my next door neighbor, you know, I've always wanted to do this in a show who's, you know, I mean, his father, you know, was in jail for 150 years. He was doing John Gotti's something or other whatever but as the son moved into my town like when we were in we were in uh he moved in in 11th grade he started dating this girl jennifer dorfman <laughs> and he started beating up every guy that dated her from kindergarten on and i'm not talking like smacking around like this guy's in the hospital this guy's wow. in the hospital that so we grew up with nuts i mean he's he's unfortunately not with us anymore right or some people would say fortunately but whatever <laughs> but uh you know my friend chris who, you know, I see at the 25-year reunion with Kenny Dichter. We see him. I'm like, Chris, you're not going to cause any problems tonight. He's like, I've changed. I've changed. He's arrested four months later for five murders. He's doing life wow. in prison right now. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. Um, we could show that picture of me, Kenny, and him at the reunion thinking like, hey, Chris really got I it think together. I, I you think, know? I, I think sure, you yeah. showed me that But picture. I mean, we, so we grew up, I grew up with legitimate, like, I mean, where Goodfellas took place. It's like, it was just a crazy town and a, a crazy life. And, you know. What was the town? What, what, what town was Merrick, it? Merrick, Long Island. Merrick. Yeah. Okay. I know that because I, I worked for the Islanders for two years, so I know all that area. Nice. I was a big Islander fan, diehard Islander fan. Connolly. Connelly That's actually where I met him. He was filming 30 for 30 yeah. on the Islanders when I was working there. Yeah, which is such, I mean, such an awesome doc and such an amazing story. Like, everyone should watch that and talk about, like, someone buying access to a life. I mean, this guy bought the New York Islanders, with, and he didn't have any money, but he took possession of the team by wiring fake stuff. I mean, it's crazy. That was an amazing story. He, Yeah, the, the team was like... Thirty-five million, and they checked his account. He had like thirty-eight dollars. No, he, he legitimately sent whatever he was supposed to send. Whether it was thirty million, he sent thirty thousand, and then said, "Oh, it was the bank error." But then he took possession of the team, started ordering people around at the college. It's, it's sick. No, that was great. And, you, and then you produced. You, you, you I produced did a thirty for thirty. Yeah, yeah, on the Knicks. Gar when the garden when was the eaten. Garden was eaten. Yeah. So I, you know, we were shooting "My Man Is a Loser" when yeah. you guys were doing that. So Rappaport was going in and like doing the editing. Yep, that was a cool moment. Mm -hmm. That's when I realized everybody's got like a second job. Like I'm shooting this movie. It's like my life is on the line. These guys are paying me money. I'm like nervous as can be. I never directed anything. I right. didn't even go to film school. Right. I'm like, can you zoom in? They're like, these cameras don't zoom. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, I'm like, what? I'm like, Rappaport, you, maybe, you should be, are you studying? What's, what are you doing? He's like, ah, I got to go. Like he's thinking about going to edit the Garden of Eden yeah, yeah. that night. Yeah. Stamos is preparing like for a Broadway play well, during my movie. Gigs. They had, everyone had a side gig, yeah. but it was it was a cra it was a crazy moment. Yeah. Are you still keeping in touch with everybody from the show? Pretty much, or not everybody? The ones I liked, yeah. There were a couple I didn't. By the way, I told you I told you Piven pops up now doing comedy. Yeah, how's that? It's not. I mean, listen, <laughs> I'll be real, man. I feel like I knew Piven. Like I was yeah. around you every day. Yeah, I yeah. knew him. Yeah, like 
he would say what up right he acts like he doesn't know me like he looks me dead in the face like doesn't know me so i i can't even you know yeah, old no, mike would I, be like what's up with this guy but not, i'm just like everyone's got their own problems yeah if you don't remember yeah. what i look like i didn't know that exactly much he knows exactly who you are but uh yeah. i'd like to see his stand-up i'd be very curious to see that but, yeah uh, you'll have the yeah, yeah but yeah. i told Connolly yesterday because i was on the phone with kevin yesterday kevin's one of the funnier funnier people i know and you know in my opinion, i told him he should do stand-up because i think kevin is just a great storyteller and one of the best man. yeah i think Connolly. by the way so i wrote i wrote this movie i'll tell you about it i mean in depth later but like i wrote this thing called i killed it's and it's kind of the <laughs> impetus was you know that the situation that happened back in the day yeah and, but it's it's really a comedian not Oh, you told me about that. I know about this. Did I? Yeah. So last week, like, I get a call from, like, Mike Epps' guy. You know, I've never met Mike Epps, but he called me. He's like, Mike Epps wants to do this. He wants to meet you. (laughs) And I didn't write it for, you know, I didn't write it race-specific, but I guess if Epps could get the movie made, then you switch it around, you urban it up, whatever. Because a a black gangster is going to react differently than a white boy comedian if that situation goes down. Right. Long story short... He, like, canceled, like, four meetings on me. Right. I was, like, running all over. He's like, 11 o'clock. I'm like, I'll be there. He's like, 1 o'clock. I'll be there. 3 o'clock. I got run around for, like, two days. I called his guy. I was like, listen, bro, cut it off. It's just, this is just going to be a thing. And, and I, I, me and Connolly were hanging out. I'm like, yo, you should fucking play a comedian. Right. Connolly uh, would Connelly be an great. amazing comedian. Yeah, totally. There is no, you get, like, one and a half drinks in him, and there's no better <laughs> storyteller None. ever. None. Does he repeat a couple stories? Absolutely. <laughs> Have I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Have I heard about he's the, you He's got his know, go-tos, but uh, no, he's, Kevin's funny. I funny. wish, honestly, I wish I had the grit. Like, after, like he gets hurt when he when he broke his leg yeah. at the, at the, at the, on the beach. Yeah. He toughed that shit out. Yeah, he's tougher than you. Way tougher than yeah, me. Yeah. I'll whoop his ass yeah. in the ring. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if both of us had like a broken finger, he doesn't bring it up, no. and I'm at nine doctors. He, he he did that movie for like nine days with a serious un, unchecked fracture. Two fractures, I think. Maybe even three. I mean, it was a big deal. That was a great I brought my brother to the set. Yep. Entourage movie. We had a blast. That's where I met. I met Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. You know, I ended up producing like the Showtime thing for Gronkowski. Yeah. No idea. No one. I don't tell anyone anything. Well, I haven't talked to you about anything yeah. like that. But I like, tried telling everybody you did it. Thanks. <laughs> I don't even know what the Gronkowski thing is. How do I? So I, I produced a Showtime special called uh, "Unsportsmanlike Comedy." Right. So Gronk was the host. Really? Gronk came out with a bunch of cheerleaders. He hosted the show. Oh, I gotta see it. How yeah, was yeah, it? It's fun. It was yeah. fun. And I love Gronkowski. Show- yeah. You want to talk about like the nicest guy? And uh, I mean, freak of nature. You know, he came onto the set, and uh, I was like. I wanted to do something funny with him because he was he was known for a minute like he was injured and he was dancing at clubs like whatever. So I wanted to put him in like almost like a full body cast and get him dancing. I'm scared. The guy is giant, but I walked up to him and I'm like, you know, my friend who brought him said he'll do whatever you want. And I said, Rob, I don't want to make you do something. Come to goes, Doug. You know, I told my friends in high school that I was going to be on Entourage. And they told me I was fucking crazy. That is awesome. And then whatever, 10, 12, whatever amount of years later, he did the movie. That so, is fucking amazing. Yeah, very cool. So I what love a lot that. Of people don't know about him is actually he's not spent a dime of his salary. He only uses his sponsorship money. So he's, he saved every penny he's ever earned from his smart. NFL paycheck. And no divorce. So smart. By the way, so so I you know I meet I met him the first time through you, and then somehow 
I get a call from uh, one of the other producers from Showtime. They're like, we need someone that can get along with like athletes and write mm-hmm. comedy. I'm like, let me talk to him. I talked to Gronk. I re-talked mm-hmm. to him, right. reminded him that we met. Da, da, da. And they fly me out to Boston, and I go to Gronk's house. I wrote it. I had to write his whole monologue. Right. So, you know, comedy is hard. It's yeah. not, not anyone can just read a monologue yeah. and be funny. Yeah. And so he's kind of like taking it light. You know, he's like... Can I change this to this? And, you know, he's kind of, yeah. he's like that jock. He is like a legit high school jock. Yeah. So I pull up at his house. <laughs> Fucking Gronkowski is reverse dunking basketball. <laughs> There's no thought that he could possibly get hurt like, like, in, a, like in a driveway right, game. Right. Him and his boys are like, they're playing basketball. They're throwing the baseball. They're like doing every sport right. like they're in middle school. Right. And he... There's some brilliance to this guy because he literally took I, this monologue. And I'm like, when I first met him, and he made it great. I love the guy. He came out. He's got he great energy. And, great and, energy. And, you know, it's like a lot of these stars that would come on the show, the movie, like they were in a hurry to get out of there. I'm like, you know, things were moving slow that day. He's like, don't worry about it. He's like serving extra soup and stuff. And he, he was awesome. Awesome. And, and he's next level genetics. Yeah, no, that's a whole different thing. And that's why, you know, no one understands why I'm, you know, I'm a diehard Giant fans, but why I root for the Patriots when the Giants are not winning because... Brady, Gronk, Edelman, these guys are just, they, they were great guys and they were, you know, big fans of the yeah, show. And is it, isn't Gronkowski's entire family like 6'5? <laughs> Gronk's whole family came to the set. Yeah. Literally every brother, there's, I think there's three other brothers. Right. They're all 6'4 and over <laughs> and they're, they're jacked. Right. Here comes the dad driving up in like an old Mustang. He gets out, he's 6'5. You know what I mean? Hair right. gelled back. He, he's like the guy, remember the movie The Wanderers? Yeah, of course. Okay, the old man that t- rips yeah, off yeah. the bench and yeah. fucking smash it over somebody. <laughs> Gronk's dad is that guy. <laughs> He'll beat everyone's ass at 67 years old, whatever. He's still in great shape. That's and funny. I look over at the after party. So the show, you know, Gronk hosts the show. Four other comedians do their thing. Fun, fun party party. And it's, you know, Boston. So they went crazy for Gronk. And at the after party, I look over. One of Gronk's brothers is doing push-ups on the bar. <laughs> like, he's on the bar. And I'm like, you know what? These guys are the real... They're the real deal. And they're happy, happy, happy guys. So, they're God real. love them. Gronkowski. We didn't get that. Inside, I thought I was going to be something athletic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was like a three-year moment with like boxing. Yeah. I was like really feeling strong, and it just went away. Sixth grade. It's funny because I just, uh, I just put this on Instagram today. I had to chop a little piece of, of it out where I said to you because it said, Jeff Ross roasted me, and uh, yeah. you guys like all gave him shit. So um, he's like... You peaked in uh, athletics in middle school, and I was like, who, who gave you that? Mike Young, you know? But, uh, yeah, sixth grade, I really thought I was a great athlete. It was like by ninth, I was like the smallest guy all of a sudden, you know? But No, I remember uh, – no, you were you you are a good athlete. I'm a good, slow, white Jewish great athlete. Great hand-eye you know? coordination. You see this pickleball game I'm playing. you got to come play. Everyone talks day. about pickleball. They're, no, they're playing it at Leo's that? house now. It's like, it's like mini tennis. Are they, are they playing over Yeah, there? they're playing like Because I've heard league, Leo is like – Talk some shit about me wanting to play and wanting to play for money, and uh, he doesn't want that. He doesn't want any part of that. But uh, listen, I could say this about Doug. <laughs> when Doug decided, before you ever took your ping pong lessons, <laughs> we were at the exact same level of ping pong. I mean, yeah. same level. Yeah. I might have maybe even beat you. I might have been better. Probably I don't not. know. Probably not. 
But Doug locks in and starts taking ping pong lessons from the hottest <laughs> ping pong champion of all time, who I tried to hit on seven times. I had her on my couch. Nothing ever happened. You know what I mean? I don't even know if you know that. You know of I mean? course I know that. Too. You know, the legs. Suyun. I love Suyun. Suyun. She was this little, a legit ping pong champion. Doug takes ping pong lessons for like a month, two months. He gets obsessed. Next thing you know, you're like a fucking professional ping pong yeah, yeah, player. I'm playing. I'm playing this pickleball. It's like mini tennis with the best, some of the best tennis players pickleball. in the world. I mean, it's and I'm I in doubles, singles. I couldn't keep up with anyone. I can play with anyone on the planet in this game now. So anyway. what happened at an older age? Like your hand, your wrist got faster and stronger. No, your... no, I was always I, you know, I was always a good racket sport person, but tennis. Tennis, you need a little more foot speed to be actually really good. And again, I was a good, slow Jewish tennis player, but this is a whole other level. Is there footwork involved in this? Yeah, of course. I've never heard about it until just now. It's the fastest growing sport in the country. It's a terrible name when someone's got to rebrand it, but it's it's ping pong meets tennis. It's half the size of a tennis court. It's a a great game. Just can you can you hit the ball when it if it bounces once? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it is literally. It's like tennis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll show I'll show you some insane videos. Nobody knows. I grew up in racquetball. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. My cousin was eight-time I play, world I play, champion. I, I played some racket sports. We played tennis once upon a time. You should come out, but you'll... I got to get rid of the vertigo. Once well, this is all out of my head, which should be soon... It's I'll in be, your head. It's all in your head. <laughs> There's it's nothing weird. I feel you. fine right now. <laughs> yeah, you are fine. I better so. <laughs> be fine. Yo, we played... Well, first of all, remember, what was the game Schwimmer was, had us playing? Volleyball in a racquetball court. What was it? Remember that game? I do was remember that. that. Wasn't it just volleyball? Yeah. No. By the way, I gotta say, Doug has always had an amazing eye for talent. You found, you didn't find, not you found Schwimmer like he was like a he wasn't just like a human that had to be found. Yeah. But you saw something in Schwimmer, yeah. and you're like, this guy's gonna be something. Bam, friends. Schwimmer was in my first short film. I thought he was gonna be the biggest comedy star in the world five minutes after I met him. I mean, legitimately. And, and he kind of was. Yeah. Yeah, he, you know, he got friends two, three years later, I guess. But Schwimmer's a great dude. Yeah. I saw him in New York on my last trip. He yeah. happened to be there at right. that time. Yeah, well, he lives there. Yeah, he's just sitting on 50, 52 million. What, what's he doing? He, he doesn't that's, need to do it. Is he still probably, doing it? He's probably got more than that. I'm, assu- I'm assuming, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I've never counted it, but he's, he's doing all right. I don't count anyone's money. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you just keep introducing me to people. Yeah. By the way, after, after you know, a stand-up guy happened was because... After the guys you introduced me to, after Lionsgate got the movie, after the premiere of My Man is a Loser, Danny A was there with some like Israeli investor guy. And he goes, Mike, we love the film. There's so many funny jokes. You got to meet Ron. He runs, an, he runs an Israeli film fund. Right. I'm like, is there such a thing as an Israeli? <laughs> Next thing I know, he's like, he goes, we're going we're gonna to call you. They call me. They're like, we want to do a comedy. I'm like, all right. Here, call my lawyer. They said yes too. <laughs> it's all right. That's it my all, niche it right now. For you. That's great. It's a good niche. You know, if you can get on sets all the time, it's a great niche. You know. The other thing that we are going to talk to you about is is and Connolly's. I don't know if he even mentioned it to you, but like some one of those guys last week. Yeah, Kevin ha- told me has offered to put up some dough. Yeah, and I, I, want, I want you to be part of it. Involved. Great. I want to act. I'll, I'll put you in it. All right, good. That's, that's what I want to do. I want, I want that easy job where I just like I have to complain about what other people have spent hours working on. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I mean, you got the actor has the one job, but you, I mean, listen. After doing the movie, and you already you knew this for years, mm. but you got to respect the, the the great. Well, you have the, to cast. The, you have to cast the right person. It's everything. I mean, it's you everything. can write the best line in the world is destroyed by the wrong actor, and you could write something. You know, like I said, Dylan. I mean, every word that every word that I wrote, Dylan would make funnier. You know, it's like I always was like I always sat in my room. 
I'm like, this is genius. And then Dylan would take it to a whole other freaking level. So. His ridiculous. I mean, listen, he was a specific character. Yeah, you but he mean? was. But he was great. He, All about know, the he, delivery. Yeah, but he's he's very underestimated in the choices that he was making. I mean, he's he's amazing. How's he doing? Have you talked to him lately? Yeah, I always talk to him. He's good. He's yeah. good. He's, he Love Kevin Dylan. He's good. We went to Italy. Actually, no, that was a while ago already, though. I had like a, I, 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 you know, I had a non-wedding in Italy. I was supposed to get married. I was in invited Italy. to the non-wedding. Yeah, yeah, it was it was actually a great week, but I, I was supposed to get married, and then I didn't get married, but we still had the party. And then I married somebody else somehow. <laughs> yeah. some, some, Yo, some, Doug <laughs> calls me, and this is, I just knew, like, Doug calls me he, the first time, and he's like, I'm not getting married, but we're still having the party and you can go to, and you can go to Italy. I'll just, I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. And Doug's like, you could still go to Italy because we're, there's people are going to go. And yeah. I got you like a villa. Like I got my own villa. By the way, I've had so many condos, villas. Like I've had like condominiums at, at, uh, in park city, like Doug, Doug took for the entourage episode at Sundance. You left. Yeah. I had a three bedroom suite <laughs> to myself. I wasn't on the show. I wasn't doing anything. I had a three bedroom suite for the entire weekend of Sundance. Oh, and I, so you're like, crazy. I think HBO is just paying for this. Just, just stay. I think it's this one with the jacuzzi in the in the living room. It's awesome. I live like a king. Well, I had I had 150 people coming to a wedding in Italy, and I I, I called it off like four weeks before. Um, but then we still had the party, and 80 people still showed up. So did and we you had have, an amazing week. Did you have a great week? I had really one of the best weeks ever, yeah. What's wrong with me that I wouldn't have gone? Like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, Doug's going to be all stressed out. Know, he like, may go. Because like weddings not... so much? I don't know. No, but I mean, in my mind, I was like, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. You're like, you got a villa. You should still come to Italy. Oh, yeah. And the most, it was my friend's villa that he gave me. It was the most incredible place, you know. 12 bedrooms right on the Amalfi Coast with, with a staff of seven, you know. And uh, that was one of the, wow. that was, uh, that was a great week. That was a great week. Did Connolly go to that? To the non-wedding? No. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. No. I got to tell you, man, I was, I was prepping for... I still feel terrible about this guy. I really do, because when Jerry got married, I was like trying to put together like my one-hour special. Yeah. And so I was on the road with Saget. Yeah. And it was like, looking back, I'm like, why did I go do my comedy instead of going to that i i, I feel guilty about not going yeah, to you wedding. know what you got to put work first but it was, it was a great wedding though i heard it was, it was a blast yeah, we had a great time i saw emmanuel last night where i saw her at um i saw her at danny a's birthday oh nice yeah danny a's birthday party right. you, danny a by the way who financed you. doug gave danny a his <laughs> debut on entourage pilot. danny a in the pilot episode <laughs> played a doorman and if you go Wasn't back paparazzi I think. I think he was shutting down the paparazzi. Really? Maybe. He was the doorman. And uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that day. But Danny A, ironically, is the one that financed and starred in a stand up guy. <laughs> he's funny. He is a character, yeah, man. Yeah, There's no way. Mike, shit. do me a favor. I got this guy from Israel. He's come put some money up. Trust me. All right. <laughs> We're going to pay you this. Half's going to be in cash. Don't ask a lot of questions, all right? Just write it funny. <laughs> like, whatever you say, Danny. You know, it's like the more you're in this business, the more you realize there's characters coming from every angle. Yeah, for sure. You know? For sure. You've seen it all. So How what else? What uh, else? I've been on the single mic train. I was dating someone for like six months. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was going great. But I, it is a long time, which is weird because when we first met, I was with Rebecca yep. for five years. Yep. You love Rebecca. Yep. <laughs> Even though, you know, 
we had, yeah, one, we had, we, little, we had one battle. I love Rebecca. But that's what's great about Doug, man. He'll, he don't give a fuck. He'll battle my girlfriend. <laughs> you know what I mean? My girl of five years who I was engaged to, Doug will have no, have no problem. No problem. No problem with an argument with her. And she had no problem going to Not Chewy. Not at all, no. <laughs> yeah, by the way. How's she doing? You had one of the best jokes. Yeah, oh, no. Was it you or what? Zach? About I'm the, sure it wasn't about fucking the, Zach who had no, the best about the, joke. About my girl's family's... Yeah, I went, I went did a sweatsuit. It was it was Zach. Yeah. It was Zach. That was fun. <laughs> I dated uh yeah, my girl was a black girl from Cleveland, singer songwriter. Yeah. And I put her song in my movie. Put the song in the movie, and Doug wanted to shoot a video for the song. Just be your it was called Be Your Own. By the way, if you don't see any similarities why Mike and her should have been married, she her career was looking like it was about to break, but it wasn't yet, and we're doing a movie that Universal bought, and I'm like, I want you to do a video, and she wouldn't do it. Her wouldn't people it. wouldn't let her do it. They're like, you can't do it. So Harry Connick did it. I mean, I get Harry Connick writes an original song and does a video when he was huge, Yeah, but Rebecca wouldn't do it. And I think that song, I still believe that song would have blown up if they promoted it properly. Just wow. be your own. <laughs> it was amazing. It's an amazing song. I'm going to listen to that song in the car on the way home. I forgot <laughs> about that song. You know, it's funny how so similar Mike are. This is the corniest story about Mike Young and me ever, but there was a time... When I was like fucking Adele, Adele song, someone like you comes around, comes on, and I'm fucking, I'm in my car. I hear this song, and then I don't. I guess I, I don't even know if iTunes exists or how I get it, but I'm like fuck. And this is like Mike and I were like these two like like half Jewish think we're fucking tough guys who like like sensitive shit. And I am like I hear this song and I seriously drive around the block. I must have listened to it two times in a row. And then like Mike calls me, he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm embarrassed to say I'm listening to this Adele song." He's like, "Me too. Are you kidding? Do you remember that day?" Yes, I'm uh, like, <laughs> I've always been a sucker for a sad. song. I love a sad song. Wait, and what I have song no was problem. it? Someone like you. Someone like you. That, 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 what, what the fuck is that? You're just singing like uh, I know what oh, no, you were no, just no, singing. No, like. I was just singing an you, '80s hair band. You really were. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, I yeah, know yeah. exactly. What I was. No, yeah. Someone like you is about like you know you you met someone else who's like me and like enjoy your life and moving on. Mike and I like the uh, the sadness of it all. So. I like getting put into a sad moment oh, once in a while. I I like to just cry. So um, yeah, it's been a while. I haven't, I, I haven't <laughs> cried in a while. I haven't cried in a while. Go put on Have the Adele song. No, I haven't cried. In a while. I don't cry anymore. I've lost all. Emotion after you get divorced twice, there's nothing left. You're, You're like, dead inside. I'm not, I don't have enough money to cry anymore, <laughs> so I'm just like, it's enough. How the second, I, meanwhile, well, I don't want to talk, we weren't going to talk about your the specific girl, but like, what it happened, everything happened fast. Yeah, you know what? I met someone very smart, so I was like, you know, she's too smart for me, so I tried to be smarter, but you know, I started reading and like learning. <laughs> I was going to go back to school, you know, like just for shit I wasn't even interested in, just so I could have conversations <laughs> That's with her. Amazing, just way. you know, she was too smart for me, so I met her once. She's a great girl, too smart. Yep, I'm you know, a, I'm my friend time. Andrew Left told me though he was right. He's like, you don't marry smart. You get a smart lawyer. You get a smart doctor. You want a dumb wife who has no idea what's going on. Okay, <laughs> but I married. I married. I married a genius. I married an off the charge genius. So. Well, I think you should. I think you should enjoy. Can't you just enjoy? Your singlehood for a minute. Can you? That just was my enjoy plan. It? That was my plan. But I met someone I really like. So now what do you do? Like you end it, or you go. You know what? I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to be happier when I go enjoy it. I'm going to go find. You know. No, but you can really like somebody and just like not be all the way in really? to their heart, like right away. Yeah. I have mastered it. I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. Well, I haven't seen who you're talking about, but when you get a real like quality, quality, on all levels. like got it all going on, they don't they don't put up with that. You know. 
Yeah, you're so, right. I got to get out of that yeah, zone. You got to get out of the uh, the Russian mail order hooker stuff. And like, They're all and over my building. <laughs> I know You've seen are. my building. I've you seen, seen your I think you lived yeah, in there for a while. Like, uh, you should have been with us on Monday at uh, Rock and Riley's. We did pretty well in there on Monday night between me and, and Kevin. We were like, talking to like five or six different girls. Really? You give Stock Tip Dave a number. He calls a girl 74 times. <laughs> no. He doesn't understand why they're not calling back. I go, Dave, uh, sit back. Did you ever see that? Done a- calling. Have you seen that Amy Schumer sketch called Miladies? If you haven't seen this, watch this. It's the fucking funniest thing ever. But it's like these dudes who like befriend girls and then they start doing like favors for them, but the girls never realize that they think they've become the boyfriend. It's really funny. You, you got to watch that. it. Yeah. Was that off her show? Uh, off her show, yeah. yeah. Wasn't there a minute you were going to do something with her back in the day? Did you, I, th- I felt like you had a meeting. You know what? I wish I had. You know what? My ex-girlfriend who was kind of like, uh, you know, she was, she was pretty smart. She made me drive down to Orange County. I mean, this is like seven years ago before Amy really hit. She's like I, my favorite comedian. And I always think, God, I'm such a schmuck like Judd Apatow. I mean, obviously he was bigger than me, but he he immediately said, let's figure out something to do. I don't know. I just said hello and met her and said, you're amazing. And I left. I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't say why. I wonder if we could do something, you know, but uh, she's, she's so freaking funny. So that's the, that's the line in Hollywood. You just got to say, let's do something. That's what people do. I never did that. I never you used never that line. That. I just waited. I never for, did know, that. I always waited for people to ask me to do something. So, and they never do. It's really weird. So it's. The one thing, you know, the one thing, Doug, that I, I still semi, even though things are good, things are fine, you know, I, we'll see what happens. With, but, but one thing you always had over a lot of people, discipline. And you, because you didn't like going out, yeah. you didn't even like writing. You, it I wasn't still like, don't like, you writing. don't enjoy the process. <laughs> no. I actually enjoy sitting down, banging something out. And That's then three great. hours later, I'm like, whoa, what? You know, I, I actually like that feeling. You never liked it, but. All the time that I was going out to the clubs with Connolly and Leo and the whole crew and doing my <laughs> wild shit for 10 years, you were putting in those hours alone at your giant computer, you know what I mean, at your yeah. desk with your soft fingers, <laughs> you know what I mean, just banging away yeah, at the keys, I was, I and I was. have to say that you put, you put the hours in, yeah. you know what I mean, you yeah. weren't about going out, you were in bed, that all served you well. You know, there's, there's very few people who can do both, you know, it's... And and God bless you if you can. But you know, like I see it with like like Matt Harvey. You watch this guy who all he had to do was put ten years in of his life. Then he could have done whatever he wanted, and he yep. just partied away a two hundred and fifty million dollar baseball contract. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. So, By the way, I didn't know that about him. But now that you say that, I've met him before, and I saw him at Goal, and he must be a wild dude because I only met him one time, and he was just partying. Uh, like I've been him. hearing about him for five years. He's out till four in the morning for games, this and that and this and that. I mean, this guy, all he had to do, he really needed three good years. Three good years and all of a sudden he signs seven years for 240 million bucks. You know, you got to put it in, uh, you got to put it in your prime, you know? No, but are you saying, did he get cut or something? Did something... Yeah, yeah, the Mets got rid of him. And, really? Uh, and he never got the big contract. Now he's on the Reds. He's got a shot if he can turn it around somehow, but, you know, he was on path for 35 million a year. He's probably making five right now and and it'll be over if he doesn't have a good year you know there's some truth to you know, there's like a there's a quote that says discipline is the only way to freedom like yeah. discipline like to be disciplined and yeah. there's a damn truth to it i don't care what you, well, you also do. you, you know in our, our business it's like athletes you gotta you know there's very few people that get to go have 50-year careers you gotta maximize it at the at the at the height you yep. gotta take advantage of it because you never know no matter what you're doing or what you are all of a sudden you know you, you find you can't work in this business it's not like if you're a great lawyer you just work and retire when you're 75 years old so, right so you got to take advantage of it 
I think it's a good, I think it's a good time to be a little just because there's so many outlets now. But I yeah. think it's a good time to be like a little bit multifaceted. Yeah. So like my stand up is fun and great, and I could go off and like do you know make a decent living with that. But then like the writing, there's there's a lot more platforms. Yeah. So maybe it is a good time to just not just be a one. Yeah. I always thought like you do one thing and do one thing well. Yeah. But I think it's kind of well, I think it's business. They all kind of interchange. There's so many people who write, direct, sing, dance, whatever it is. So I mean, if you have the if the, if you have the talent. You should try to maximize them all. You know, I want to get Connolly in here and, and, and have him talk about the 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 like directing the Gotti movie, the yeah. torture that he went through. Well, yeah, because, you should definitely talk to him because I've been with him two critical moments in, in his in his career. That one was introducing him to you and making him go to lunch, <laughs> even though Chuck says he made him go to lunch. <laughs> and Wahlberg says he forced him to lunch. We all have the same story. Mm-hmm. But when he was when when they told him. He said no to the Gotti movie. We were at goal, and he was texting back and forth with like the producers because they were only giving him like twenty four days yeah. to do it or whatever. And I was like, "Yo, Kev, just be firm and say, give me thirty days, and I'll do this thing. Right. Give me thirty days. They're never gonna do it." And he texted, "Give me thirty days," and I got him thirty days. Right. So basically, I got Connolly the Gotti movie. Did they? Did I they... got him on Entourage. I got him on Gotti. <laughs> the least you could do, Kev, is help us get Single Mike done. <laughs> he just... said he's ready to go. He said he's he gonna is. help you. So I got to just put this little like two paragraph thing together for these Detroit Why don't you guys. Just call Golden, tell him to fund it. He would do it. He <laughs> I actually know he would, would do it. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I'm a producer now. <laughs> yeah, you are a producer anyway. Maybe I should call Golden because he act, like, Of course yo, you should call him. The funniest is, you know, listen, those guys have not made their money back. Right. They spent way too much money right. on my manager. Right. They just spent too much right. money. Right. When, when Rappaport wanted a trailer, they gave it to him. <laughs> They gave Stan was a trailer. Brian Callen never been in a movie in his life. He got a trailer. I kept telling him, fellas, not everybody needs a trailer. Settle down. You're spending too much money. You overpaid me. You know Don't I mean? overpay everybody else. Yeah, you're doing enough. But I saw Golden. He was in town like a month ago. And he's like, what's the next thing? I'm like, the next thing? You want to do something else? He's like, yeah, I just want to figure out what it is. And he always brings you up because, you know, that's where the whole thing came yeah. from. So maybe I will. Maybe we call Golden. You should definitely call him. I'll call him, I'll call him right on the yeah. podcast. Plug him in on the phone. I like it. I like it. Get 200 you can do it, on him right you know, now. That's how you can do it. That's how, that's how, that's how Billions started. I, I hired uh, those guys to write a hedge fund show for HBO, Brian and David. And then I was sitting in Kenny's office, and Aaron Ross Sarkin was like, I got this hour idea for a hedge fund show. I'm like, you know what? I just had these guys write a half hour idea. I should put you together. And I called Brian and David. I said, hey, you guys should meet. What do you think about turning it into an hour drama? They were like, they were like interesting. Let us think about it. I never heard back. Next thing I know, that, that somehow they got together without me and get, went and fucking made this show. So, Wow. Now True I don't story. like billions. I actually have never seen billions. You know, whatever, whatever it is, and I, I don't know what happened in between that, but that's what happened. You know, they yeah. were they were they I've were paid to write a, they were paid to write a hedge fund show because of me that I came up with the idea at HBO, and then and the weirdest part is I was on Brian's podcast, and like I'm so fucking senile at this point, and like I don't even know what's going on. But he's like, "What are you working on?" I tell him what I'm working on. What are you working on? He starts telling me billions, and I'm like. Why does it sound so fucking familiar? I'm like, wait a second, that's fucking. I came up with this, yeah, and a- not the specifics of that drama show but the world set in a hedge fund world and all of that stuff so it's so funny man when you're somebody that kind of like lives by a code like a certain code you always think like i could never just like take something and even if i took like three quarters of what Mm -hmm. it was gonna be i feel like i would at least make a phone call and be like hey man listen you know everybody's everybody's gotta live how they live i don't ask and i don't take from anybody you know what i mean it's like you know but see i'm loyal i would try to involve everybody 
I, I just, it's, 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 it's a strange thing, but you know, it's, you know, maybe karma is a payback or not, but you should, you know, that's how I, I work. So, right. Yeah. Saget says, hello. I saw him last night. Hello, Bob. How's he doing? He's good. He's good. Saget rolled into Danny's birthday with sunglasses. Uh, I, saw cool. my, I saw him on Instagram. He looked yeah. good. He looks yeah. happy. When's, when's the wedding? Uh, October. Oh, it's going down. Wow. Yeah, oh, it's going Where? down. Like it's a two-parter. You know, it's like like the legal marriage, wherever you just go in yeah, front yeah. of one person, boom, they're going to do it, and then it's going to go down in October here in L.A. Oh, he tell, LA. I better get an invite, Bob. You're going to get an invite, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know you're going to get an invite. Fucking bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I feel like I met Bob. I feel like Bob and I became, you know, Bob. Is, you met because of me. I met him because of you. Yeah. He was great on Entourage. Yeah, he, he was, was on that amazing. Show. That's how I met Bob. Amazing. I just, I, mean, I, love, I love Bob. He's one of the funniest. I loved guys. all the guests yet. I mean, I've seen every episode of that oh, show. Cool. By the way, that's, I've been on the road with Bob for 10 years crazy. because of that. And it was because I met him on the set, and then you were like, Oh, you guys should talk if you ever cross paths on the road. Yeah. I was ha- I was performing in Tempe. He was yeah. coming into Tempe. The real lesson of this podcast is that everything Mike has besides his, his women, which <laughs> even I probably have a handle in that too. Miss Florida. Whoa. I, how do I look on this thing? I didn't know it was like over there. It's <laughs> yeah, you look good. I'm a profile. I don't want three chins. Am I even on my own podcast? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I better get that single shot. All right. What else? Um... No, you were about. What did you just say? Oh, everything. Oh, yeah. You owe me everything. It's fine. I remember. Have I ever asked for anything? Ever? (laughs) Nothing. 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 Thank you. Thank you. You bought me a lot of lunches too. Breakfast. Doug always (laughs) had the lock on a great breakfast spot. Yo, John and Vinny's. By the way, it's the best breakfast in this city. Remember the old place we used to go on Pico? Yeah, Old Groats. I still go to Old Groats. I know Groats is amazing too, but John and Vinny's is totally different. Like. And you can get... I mean, have you ever been there? I've, I tried to go yesterday. I've yet to go because every time I go, there's like a 45-minute wait. So. You can go for breakfast. You go Drop there Doug's early name. for breakfast, and it is unbelievable. John and Vinny's has a great breakfast? The best breakfast I've ever had. I mean, and El Groats is right there also. This place is unfucking believable Really? Yeah. They have a breakfast pizza. You'll die. These eggs, I don't know what they do to the eggs. They're amazing. <laughs> jelly donuts, homemade jelly donuts. But they'll also <laughs> give you like, they'll give you a carbonara at 8 a.m. And I get it. Wow. And it's Doug is amazing. the skinniest fat person. Like, I'm ever. fat inside. I've I'm, heard about the pasta, the pizza. It's like. It's you know, like go, over there, go there for breakfast before 9 a.m. on a weekday. You can get in and it's. The best. You've never seen more of an emotional eater than you. I know. You go down, yeah. and you never seem like you're like sick from it. Like you never yeah. seem like you feel bad. But yeah. I've seen you overeat so many times, but never really look like you've ever gained weight. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah, and then I married someone who doesn't really love food, so we like go to dinner, and I just be like, "All right, do you want to try?" No, I don't want to try this. Like I'm like, she's like, "You don't have to be mad." I'm like, "You know what? I know I don't, and I know it's so wrong of me because you're such a great person. But the fact that you don't want to share my food, like I don't know what else there is in life. I just don't know what it is, <laughs> no. you know." And I remember Paul Rise used to have that joke that you like you get married so you can tr- you can order the dish that you was like your second option so you can try it you know i'm gonna get the steak you get the fish you know for but, sure so i've seen a few of your posts on instagram where you're posting some food so it looks like you go to some great places yeah oh, no, I, Doug's I the just, original I, anthony I just, bourdain yeah i mean i'm i should have been the food god i'm very upset because i would have been very happy just being a food blogger i would love to do nothing <laughs> else in my life but eat and like people pay me to eat so he he figured out a niche that was like much smarter than me. But yeah, I I, I just eat. It's what I do all day. Going to eat. yeah. I think I should have been eating more because I think the vertigo came on because of something with my like low blood pressure from not eating properly. I don't know. Mike's gone through so many types of weird health 
ailments. Trying, they're, not, no, they're never not, anything. Not, I'm not even talking about ailments. I'm trying to, trying to fix yourself. You're like a 200-day juice cleanse. I'm not going to drink for a year and a half. <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm like, done with moderation. all that Everything in moderation. It's Everything a fact. In moderation. Wait, you haven't had a drink since December, right? One doctor emailed me last night. He's like, no dairy right now. <laughs> they cut out the eggs, dairy. And then like he threw in nuts. I'm like, what the fuck are you going to eat if you can't eat a little He cheese? doesn't want you to eat nuts? He said, like, no nuts. Nuts are supposed to be great for you. Yeah, and they up the something called teramine in your... Whatever, man. Everybody gets this damn vertigo. I'll be fine. <laughs> I just don't like it. I feel like fine. everything is, like, death. Upside down, yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying, anything that happens to me, I'm highly sensitive. Yeah, I know that. You know? You, I know you do know that. Anyway, All right, kids. You know, what listen. else? I got to freaking go. I'm going to pack it. I'm leaving town tomorrow. Where are you going? Italy. Really? You're yeah. so calm. See, wow. if I was going to Italy tomorrow... I, I'd be nervous. I don't know why I'd be nervous, nervous. but you've, you've traveled so much. You've done so much at this point. Yeah. You're just not, a, it's just, you're in sweatpants. Like, you're just going to yeah, go in no, that I'm outfit. nervous. I'm going with someone I know for like five days also, so I'm very nervous. I thought you said that you were going to not go to Italy with, okay. I'm not. Okay. I made a switch. I, I made a switch. All right, all right. Quick switch. <laughs> Listen, next time you book a trip and something goes out, call me. I'll take the ticket. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what I did. I'm going with my cousin now, so. I always said that through, through, through the Doug and through the show, I made $700,000 in fun. <laughs> <laughs> if fun could be translated to money, I would, I'd, I'm, the, I'm the most paid person in the city right now because I could name a thousand <laughs> things we did. Because you didn't really, you know, you were busy. You had to write. I don't care about that stuff. You were typing. Yeah. And by the way, I don't not I don't care about it either, but I do enjoy it. No, you like to have fun. You, you put me in Vegas. You're happy, pool. Doug. You're happy, Doug. I'm a happy Doug with great athleticism, <laughs> strong shoulders. You know what I mean? We'll get you on the pickleball court. I'm going to humiliate you. I kind of like that. Like, we, we should have played brothers back in the day, like, who kind of, like, just go yeah. in completely different paths. You yeah. know what I mean? We did. Like, you took a right. When I met you, you quit comedy, and I started comedy. Mm -hmm. That was when I started. I don't even know if I'd ever been on stage you when I met you. you. I'm not even kidding. You hadn't. I hadn't. Had not. Had not. Isn't that crazy? You should make a video of you guys playing pickleball. That'd be interesting. No, be once, once my head's clear, I'm into pickleball. Yeah, I'm going to show you. I'm, I play with, like, Sam Quarry. He was, like, number 15 in the world in tennis. I mean, like, Marty Fish he was, like, number six at one point. I mean, like, serious guys. I, I'll show you some stuff. You'll, show me some stuff. I'll show you some I want to get into pickleball because it sounds safe. We'll put you against... It sounds safe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put you... Yo, <laughs> yo we'll, get, we'll get you up to Leo's house and you can play Leo because, oddly enough... Leo's oddly, weirdly athletic. I know he's athletic. I, I know he's athletic. Again, three years with ago, tennis. Th three like years ago, he was talking to Connolly about beating me for ten thousand a game. So I uh, welcome that. So you call him after this and you set that up, and we'll do that. Done. And you'll get it. You'll get another. You'll get a thousand a game out of the wins. All right. Perfect. I take a dip on both sides. <laughs> all, right, good. all right. Yo. All right, good deal. Thank you, Doug. You got it. Thank you. you. Got it. All right, this was Stories That Need To Be Told. Mike Young, Stock Tip Dave. I want to thank Doug Ellen, my friend, for so long. Love you, brother. Love you, brother. And uh, we're out. You can find me at the Real Mike Young on Instagram, Stock Tip Dave, Mr. Doug Ellen on Instagram, and uh, look forward to hanging again, Doug. Later. See you later. Thanks, Aaron. Take me back. When I was a kid, take me never back had now. to worry about what I did. The one time I'm a man two. now, I'm check it out. Gotta the get it down, sound. no time for fun down. now. Take me back uh, when I was a kid, two. never had to worry take about what back. I Coming did. Coming back for you, but I'm a man now, I'm a man now.